Hey guys, it's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. This week, it's a big turnout. All the lads are here, except from Liam. He doesn't want to come today, so whatever. So I'm joined by good old Brad, Harvey, John, Thomas, and good old David too. I'm going to introduce first a man making his return. It's good old Harvey. How you doing, my friend? Uh, we're going to chat about the, the FA Cup exit uh, out of the first round for the first time since the 50s. So uh, not great. None of us was alive back then because uh, we're not that old. No, David's 50 now, but he's not that old. Um, but Harvey, your thoughts on the FA Cup exit, my friend? A lot to talk about because of the refereeing decisions. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back on. Um, Disappointed, obviously, with the uh, with the FA Cup result. I'm sick of talking about decisions going against us. To be honest, it feels like it's every week, as Paul Lambert would say, "Dear oh dear." Um, listen, we I thought first half we were absolutely atrocious. Um, second half we decided we wanted to play a little bit more, which is a little bit more positive. Um, it goes to show that that system can work um, as long as we're not passing it between McGuinness and Nciala or whoever the centre backs are. Um, but all in all. We were really unlucky. Clear offside, obviously, the, the winning goal was, you know, anyone could have seen that. It was ridiculous, really. Um, some positives to take from it. I thought McGavin was absolutely outstanding um, from, the, from the first second, to be honest. I don't think he looked nervous at all. He looked composed. Uh, it's nice to have a town player that can actually deliver set pieces as well. I thought he was really dangerous with his corners. Um so there are a few positives. I thought McGuinness grew into the game. Um, he seems to have a bit of a theme at the moment of starting games a little bit uh, shaky. And then as, as the kind of game goes on, he, he does become a little bit more um, comfortable on the ball. So, yeah, I mean, disappointing to lose. We're never going to win it, of course. Um, nice to see Norwood get on the pitch as well. Um, but yeah, all decisions going against us. It's time to focus on the league now. There's no more excuses. We'll get, of course, into the FA Cup a bit more in depth. But, of course, got to introduce everybody. We're going to go over to Mr. Game Day himself, Thomas Seggins, Mr. Consistent, our own Matt Holland. How you doing, my friend? I like that. That is one thing I thought about before recording is like, I've got to mention that. So, uh, how are you doing, my friend? And, yeah, your thoughts. I spoke to you, of course, after the FA Cup game. But uh, I'm sure you've had time to reflect more on it. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, yeah, reflected on the game. Like Harvey said, we poor first half. Um, it was beginning to get a bit worrying for me now how we start off so slow. Um, we gifted them two goals and you know the game is on the back foot straight away, um, which isn't great. Um, I hope we can sort that out somehow because it's happening against Sunderland and that's happening against Portsmouth two. I don't know if it's FA Cup, but two key games there where we've we've had to come from behind there. Um, so it's that's not it's not looking good in terms of that. Um, obviously, we, second half we come out come back firing. Um, got two back. Two, two goals back and um, looked like we could go and win it and then obviously two extra time and then all of a sudden the refs gifted at Portsmouth and all the officials would say um, clear offside and it's we can't get, you know like how we said it's, it's, we're getting sick of just moaning about the officials all the time now because it's happened so often recently um, and, you know we can't do enough about it now it's just been gone it's happened but um, it's it's not consistent enough from the officials and it's a reason why we need to get out of this league I know it was the FA Cup but it just kind of shows the standards that we're playing in at the moment um, but yeah uh, 
So it was good to see Norwood get on the pitch. Um, I felt that uh, Dinashin had a good game. He took a bit of time getting into it, but he felt he was, he, you know, he's pretty decent. I think Cornell at fault for the first goal. Um, didn't I? I think I read somewhere that he actually set up the wall differently to how they set themselves up. I can't remember who said that, but even so, he should still be doing better. The shot itself. Um, but yeah, um, obviously I went on game day afterwards. It's just for me. There's just the slow start that's worrying, and the the slow passing at the back and just not going anywhere. It's I, I don't know. I'd I'd rather I'd rather be in the playoffs under Mick than just watching that for the, the first first half. To be honest, it's boring. <laughs> Cool, and um, another man to then introduce as well is good old John. John, thank you very much for joining me once again or joining us on game day. Um, I didn't speak to you after the game or the FA Cup game, so this will be the first time I'll be hearing your thoughts on the game, my friend. Yeah, good to see you, Ross. Good to see everybody. Thanks for having me back on. Um, I'm not gonna. This is not a lie when I say I fell asleep during the game. <laughs> I literally fell. I, I was so shattered at the end of last week. I had a rough week, a tough week, anyway. Nothing serious, just work pressures and stuff. And I've been busy, and I I've been to A and E the night before. Nothing serious. Um, and the, and I sat down to watch the game, and I found myself asleep. And I've never fallen asleep to an Ipswich game in my life. So I don't know if that's a metaphor for the actual game, but I genuinely fell asleep during the first half. So um, maybe Thomas is absolutely spot on. It was boring as hell because you know. Once you've seen McGuinness pass the Toto and Toto back to McGuinness, there's only so much of that you want to watch. Um, I did see, I, I did see the second half, um, and I've watched the highlights subsequently. Um, no, highlights, so to speak. Um, from what I saw, McGavin had a really good game. Um, I'm pleased for him. He's a, he's somebody I remember seeing him play at Lincoln last year. And I thought he was a bit unlucky to get taken off. I think at half time because I thought he's got a touch of quality about him. And as Har- um, Harvey rightly said. Wasn't it an amazing difference to see set pieces um, actually hitting somebody they were intended to go to rather than just a hopeful um, floated ball in? Um, so that was a real positive. Um, uh, Norwood coming on, he looked hungry, didn't he? Um, he looked um, sharper than I would have expected him to be. So that's another positive. Um, Danassian did okay. You know, there's some criticism of the team selection, but I think, you know, Generally, the changes were made that I was roughly expecting. I thought Dobra might be included, but obviously he wasn't. Um, but overall, it's hard because I'm a bit like Stu Watson on the main pod saying, um, I never want my team to lose. I never want us to be out the FA Cup. As I said to you before, us, the FA Cup's always got a bit of magic for me. However, um, if there was a season when we were going to be knocked out early on, this season when it's ram full of fixtures and we've already got lots of injuries. Yeah. Would I like to have seen us win? Of course I would, but we'll take that um, and move on. And there's really no more excuses as Lambo. So, you know, I'm, I'm sick of hearing the kind of, aren't we marvelous? Aren't we brilliant? Oh dear. Oh dear. It's an normal. Um, the fish. Yeah. The officiating has been terrible the last few games for us. And hopefully that will balance out over the season. But actually, whether it be the Sunderland game, whether it be the Lincoln game, whether it be the Portsmouth game, we haven't been, we weren't robbed just because of a referee. We didn't play well for the entire, we played well for only some aspects of the game or some part of the game. So we need to look at ourselves first 
as well as looking at the officials because you know if you dive in or if you give people a, a chance to make that bad decision and offside sometimes you get them sometimes you don't but if you actually go from the off with intent with pace with um a kind of desire to score goals that would probably help us get better results as well so uh i, I was a bit flat i have been a bit flat over the last month about Ipswich Town, mm-hmm. and that's really unlike me because my glass is normally half full and now i think it's just sour <laughs> and um Got two other people to introduce. I'm going to leave the man who I know has got a lot to say until last. That is good old David because um, we had a great chat after the game for the Portsmouth game. But um, unfortunately, his audio was terrible. It felt like he was underwater. So that unfortunately wasn't ever aired. But um, So I'm going to leave you until last. If that's all right. But I'm going to then introduce good old Brad, who also had a lot to say to me after the game um, against Portsmouth for the FA Cup. How you doing, my friend? And uh have you time to reflect a bit more on that game? Yeah, good, thanks, Ross. Good, good. to be back. Um, yeah, like you say, I did have quite a lot to say. Um, yeah, I was, I was really peed off. Um, I wanted us to get through. Because um, like, like us Ipswich fans, we, we, all, we all say, we all um, bang the drum, we won the FA Cup, then lot of the road haven't, and all that sort of stuff. And I know it's been 40 years. I know the times have changed. I know the the way it is this season, but I still like a cup, a cup run, especially the FA Cup. The League Cup, I don't really, not, not too bothered about. I'm certainly not bothered about um, Tuesday Night's Cup, to be honest. But the FA Cup does hold a bit of magic for me. And um, considering we all feel we should be at the level above, um, it might sound silly to say, but I'd, almost, I'd, like, I'd like the last two have tried to get to a third round, to draw a mid-table championship side, one who would put their strong team out to try and go on a bit of a cup run themselves if they're not really going anywhere in the league. Um, just to see where we're at. Just to, and even that would boost our squad as well, boost our players to think, actually, we can mix it with these guys and that then take that into our League One season. Um, but obviously that's not going to happen now, so it's all, it's all done and dusted. But um, yeah, I, I thought first half was atrocious, like the other guys were saying, just slow between the centre-halves. McGuinness got the ball so many times in space and it was only in the second half when he decided to dribble out of defence. But he had so many chances to do that in the first half. Um, but it wasn't just the centre-halves for me and the slowness of their play. I feel like the formations were and just not enough movement up the top end of the pitch. We can only see so much of the eye-follow cameras. Um, personally, if I was at the game... I sort of obsess over the way that players are moving around. I'd always be watching them, but I can just about make out that Edwards is hugging the touchline. Um, sorry, not Edwards. Sears was hugging the touchline. Um, Bennett was hugging the touchline. Hawkins was just sort of standing between two centre-halves. There needs to be movement between the three of them. And if you're not going to move, the centre-halves effectively can't play a ball into you, can they? So um, the formation as a whole is becoming too rigid. He had no Dizel in there to go and get the ball off them. McGavin played very well. He grew into it. His pinpoint passing was brilliant at times. Um, and I've got very high hopes for him. Even even probably more so than any of, our, any of our current youngsters, even Dobra. Because McGavin, he's got the physical stature. He's got the technique. I know he took a free kick earlier in the season, which went sky high. But you could see by the way he shaped himself to take that. But he's got something about him. And I think he's going to be a really good player for us. Um, so he was a he was probably the main plus point, but his mate um, 
Nolan and Hughes, which I said on Saturday, they let him down. And um, it just didn't work at all, first half. And then second half, Norwood came on and the whole game just changed because the moment those Portsmouth second half started running back towards their own goal, they allowed space in the midfield and Portsmouth's tight shape, they weren't able to get on top of us, weren't, around, weren't, weren't able to shape themselves because Norwood was running here, there and everywhere and in behind. And that's what you need in that formation because he can do both. He can hold it up, but he can also go beyond. And a fit and fire in Norwood it is going to be the difference this season, I feel. And especially when we don't play to Ollie Horton's strengths. I mean, if we actually put countless balls in the box, you'd think, OK, we might be able to get some joy from Ollie Hawkins. But, yeah, he's got a decent touch for a big man, but it's not it's not Pablo Canago, is it? So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if we play to his strengths, we could get some joy. It's the same with Jackson. If Jackson's on that pitch, you don't want him holding up. You want him to run in behind. So, yeah, it's about... For me, it's about this formation and how it's not working at the moment. I think it's gone back over the last two or three games. But I want it to work because I want us to play this way. Um, but I just don't believe in our coach at the moment. And I could really go depressing now and say I want Lambert sat. But no one's going to sack their manager when they're second in the league, are they? So, But the trouble is, I feel he's got to drop to 10th or 11th before he was to go. But it'll be too late and there would be another season in League One. So... Yes, yeah, a uh, strange time at the minute because a lot of us probably feel that way, but we know it's not going to happen because he's got four more years. Um, I'll let David take over now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, of course, the final man to introduce is good old David. And I can imagine he is, um, well, he's already told me that he wants him out. And uh, David, there was nine changes, nine, your favourite sort of thing in football, nine changes in a game in the FA Cup. Um, how are you doing, my friend? And yeah, your thoughts again uh, on that game. I'm good. Football manager beaches out, so I'm 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 involved in um, a promotion campaign, um, scoring for fun with Ipswich at the moment. Um, so I'm I'm using it to try and keep my interest up. But that's one of the things I want to mention later on. I'm going to try and stay focused on what you've asked, which is about the Portsmouth game initially, um, because I've, I've I've got lists. You wouldn't believe the things that I've got listed down here. Um, I had a rant after the Portsmouth game to you, which unfortunately you couldn't use. I've also ranted on Twitter and I've had various um, people go, maybe we're second in the league. Yeah, right, cool. Um, I haven't calmed down. If anything, I'm more pissed off than I was after the, after the game. The, the game was just of like, I, I, was, I was slightly flat after the game. You know, their goal went in for the third and I was just sort of, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, expected it. Um, and I, I've I've just got crosser as the as the time's gone on, and Tuesday night didn't help me at all on that because that really got up my nose as well. Um, it was I'm not going to even talk about the first half because it was shit. Um, standard thing, kicking it around at the back pointlessly. You can have 800% possession. I don't. I mean, you 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 could sort of take the ball home with you, but it, you, it, well, you're not doing anything with it, are you? The problem, and I think Brad alluded to the thing. It, it's also you, you're too deep. And the, the difference in the second half, everybody stepped forward five or six yards and you're engaging further up the pitch and you're pushing it forward. And we've seen it earlier on in the season where we've had a flat half. And um, in this case, it was um, I think it was Bishop wasn't engaging higher than it. He was back in further back, which gave that, that problem, which you always find with a three up front or nominal three up front. You end up with a striker being isolated. 
you push forward and that ceases to happen. That was Hurst's problem. You had one player over there and everybody else over there. And, yeah, we had half an hour. I don't even think we played the sec whole second half well. The last 10 minutes, we went off the boil. We weren't pushing in the last 10 minutes. Um, and the whole thing about, oh, they were tired. We couldn't maintain that intensity. You can't maintain, as a professional footballer, you can't maintain the intensity to push and win a game at home over more than 30 minutes because we made nine pointless changes. Portsmouth played the same side that had played the week played earlier on in the week. And yet they managed to get stronger in extra time than we did. Now, either that's a bollocks excuse or there's something serious wrong with our coaching, or there's something seriously wrong with our coaching, and that's a bollocks excuse. I'm inclined to go for the, the last one. And I know the whole thing is incredible and amazing and superb, and I've, I've never seen football like it, and it's just like watching Holland in 1974. Um, but that's toss. As um, so I mentioned Toto and Wilson and Dobra now, no, I'll, I'll save that little rant for later on. I'm just pissed off. Um, I'm pissed off at nine changes. I'm pissed off with um, a defeat. I'm pissed off with the manner of the defeat. I'm pissed off with the entire sodding thing. Um, and I'm going to come back to this over and over again, over again. And I will keep saying it on Twitter and anywhere else. Lambert is not the right man to take us up. He's not the right man to um, keep us up if and when we eventually do go up. He's just an absolute waste of space. Okay. Thomas, go ahead, my friend. I've got something to anger him a bit further, probably. Um, oh, I, listened, <laughs> I listened to the Naked Football Show uh, today, um, obviously good old GB, um, but they said on there, I can't remember who said it, but, you know, he tweets, he gets people tweeting and that, doesn't he? But um, he said on there that in the past, I think in the past 10 years, if you look at our stats in the FA Cup and the, all the clubs in their league, we're 92nd out of 92nd for games won. <laughs> and also, yeah. and also, under Marcus Evans, um, We've had 50 cup ties. I'm not sure if it includes the EFL trophy. We've had 50 cup ties. We've won 16 of them. And probably most of them are in the you know, League Cup run. So this, from, it, the way I see that is pretty atrocious. This, we don't give a crap about the cup under Evans, it seems. No one does. I don't, it's, it's just it's an absolute shit record. And yeah. I think we just got lucky in the Arsenal season. I think we just got easy yeah. draws. That was Keane not... as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Keane as beat well. West, and him. Beat West Brom, yeah. though. Yeah, beat West Brom, yeah, 1 0 by penalty. But um, even so, the, just, the whole record there is just uh, crap. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I've got a few more hands up. I want to go over to you, John. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to David and to Thomas for lifting my mood. I feel, <laughs> I, 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 I feel that when I was said, I feel a little bit flat. I think David is just kind of, you know, it's unusual for David to share an opinion, and uh, and Thomas has just come in with some really uplifting stats. So thanks, fellas. That's all I want to say. Don't blame me. Blame 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 GB. Yeah. Blame Graham. Yeah, too much. Um, and then yeah, David to add more, and of course got Brad as well. But yeah, David, what have you? That that thing with the FA Cup, and um, it. I've heard various people say, "Oh, because of this extraordinary season." Um, and that's sort of like just a variation on extraordinary times, which just gets up my nose as well. But because of this season, we can throw that competition, we can throw that competition, we can throw that competition to re to win the league. 
we've been throwing cup matches for years. And has it? I've noticed all the promotions in that time. You know, it's it's really done us proud throwing the cup matches across the years, and that's why we're always in the playoffs, and that's why we've got so many promotions and things. It's it's nonsense, and I think that this season, actually, in particular, it's absolutely vital that the club has a real feel good factor about it, and we keep people engaged. The We've got the resources. We've got more resources probably than anyone, any virtually any other club in the um, lower two divisions. I mean, you can argue the case for Sunderland, certainly, but they've had a multitude of owner changes and things like that. We've got somebody who underwrites us all our losses. We've got a big squad. Evans is covering the cost of wages, all of those things. We are in a positive, good position in that way. But... My... And, and one of you, I can't remember who it was, I think it was John saying... Um, his interest is waning, which is a strange thing about with with him and Ipswich. It's the same with me. I'm pushing myself to watch games at the moment. I'm pushing myself to maintain that interest because you can't go to the ground. You haven't got the atmosphere. What we've said it over and over again, watching it on the television is not the same as watching it at the ground. You, you miss out on the whole social aspect. You miss out on the emotions in the same way. A goal going in on television isn't the same as standing on the terraces in any way, shape or form. Now, I'm a season ticket holder for God knows how many years. I've been going since 1986, week in, week out. I've seen John Duncan. I've seen Graham Harvey. I've seen all of those things. I've been there for um, the Intertoto Cup. I've been there when we've lost on penalties to Luton. Having, we, we miss five. They miss four penalties. Yeah. And I'm having to motivate myself to do those things. I've missed EFL Cup matches, which are at home because they're on television. I would never miss a home game normally. Now, if that's me, other people who perhaps aren't so committed, aren't, it isn't the central point of what they do on Saturdays, it's a thing, they're going to fall away. If we throw Cup matches and say, oh, it's all about the league, and then we end up in sixth, limping into sixth place, say, as, as I would consider is a best-case scenario this season now, then what you're going to end up with is an awful lot of people who, when we are allowed back into the ground, who won't bother going back because it's not part of their thing anymore. Going to football is a routine. It's about habits and so forth. If we were having a cup run, and so we ended up, say we were allowed back into the ground, and I know the club today have announced as of like they're searching for um, stewards, aren't they, today? Mm -hmm. So that's obviously on the radar that at some point that's going to happen. So say we were allowed to go back middle to end of January, just for sake of argument, and we were facing one of the first games we had back was an FA Cup match against, say, I don't know, Forest. Now, one that gives you the opportunity to test yourself against higher opposition, which you must want to do, as Brad said. But also, the feel-good factor of that run is going to get people going there. It's the same as even in the stupid cup. Then, if you had that run, and Crawley, for God's sake, Crawley, if you have that run and you end this really, really weird shit season with a trip to Wembley and a promotion that's going to get people hooked back in there again. And if we are prepared to jeopardise all of that because 
on a week on a, on a weekday or a week where you've got a blank week the following week they're not going to be knackered because they've the blank week what's he going to do then complain in 10 days time because they've had a week off and they're all ring rusty i mean that'll be the excuse then there's no reason whatsoever for those nine changes it's simply throwing that away for nothing because you're also throwing away engagement by the supporters and i think that's a real danger that's a good point really because you you saw that 200 plus for where that we were the most viewed game on BBC on the Saturday and there'd be a few fans probably just watching the game because it's free because it's on BBC that probably the first time they watched it which all season they go oh let's see how yeah. we've got on and there's gonna be some people going yep I'm not gonna bother watching then I'm not gonna bother trying to spend a tenner on iFollow or something because yeah and know if you you know if you've got stuff normally you go to the football on a Saturday but you're not a season to kill it's not the main thing but yeah. you get a ticket you go down mm-hmm. With all of this, you're doing other stuff on a Saturday. I mean, obviously not at the moment, but, you know, you find other things to do with your Saturday. And then when the football comes back, you've got that routine. You're doing that thing with your wife. You're doing that thing with your boyfriend. You're doing that thing with the children. And you've got to then move that out of the way to go to the football. If you've got a thrilling, exciting prospect in front of you of going down, then you're going, yeah, the football's back, so I'm not doing that now. If it's, yeah. You go, I can't be asked with that. <laughs> yeah. I was a bit bored of it anyway. Yeah. And I, I think it's a problem. Definitely. And, uh, Short-sighted. Yeah. Uh, Brad, what did you, do you want to add anything else? That's dropped David Sale yeah. or anything else? Someone else has been, been um, saying. I just want to basically just start a massive debate now. Um, where does Lambert get We're Amazing from? see where he's seeing it where, where is he saying that oh we're, we're playing wonderful amazing football and um, amazing and what? I, I i just can't see it because it's almost like he's watching a different game and the decisions he's making in like in game um i just oh i'm, I'm just baffled by it because passing the ball between centre halves is not brilliant football it's not wonderful football to watch um it's got to be progressive and if he's calling that Amazing football! Oh, I, I just, I just love the football, football we're playing at the moment. I just can't understand it, and um, I just want to get it off my chest and see what other people thought. Okay. Uh, well, David, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, it, it's oddly one of those things that's tipped me over the edge. I mean, I, I've been on the sort of teetering with him anyway, um, and I thought that we should give him till November to prove himself. Um, you know, for what 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 he said over the summer. But yeah, it's not incredible football. Seventy-one um, percent possession when it's all in your in your last third of the pitch is completely irrelevant. Um, no, he, he talks nonsense. Now I don't know whether this is his latest version of PR. So he's now doing PR for the for the players. He's given up on the fans now. Um, it's now about PR for the players, and he's got to try and convince them they're playing incredible football. I don't know, um, or whether it's just if he says it often enough, then he somehow he's going to be immune from some criticism because it's incredible football. I said it, therefore it's true. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm... That's what it makes you do, though, doesn't it? It makes you think, hang on, were, were we brilliant? Were, were we actually really good? And you just... I mean, you're like, no, no, we weren't. Because... I, I, don't, I don't want him to slag players off. I don't want him to throw them under the no, bus no, no, first no. did. I'd just like some degree of honesty. You know, um, 
you can have your private criticisms behind closed doors. Cool. I don't, I don't want him to turn around and say, you know, I think Alan Judge is a waste of space because that's completely counterproductive. But to have some degree of realism and say, you know, our passing has, has improved greatly. I, I'm, I'm really pleased that we're keeping hold of the ball rather than giving it away. We need to do do more with it. But it's nice to see that we're keeping hold of possession, but we still we're a work in progress. I can accept that, you know. Mm. Cool. And pinpoint some things, you know, sometimes we move the ball forward really quickly. And I like that. That's good. And we could play lovely, incredible football. And we're on the path to that. I could accept that. But just saying we're incredible. No, we're not. <laughs> exactly. It, it doesn't feel like we're on that path. And when you when you look at teams like Oxford under Carl Robinson and the way they play their 4 3 is so engineered and how they play. Even Portsmouth, the way that they play is completely different, but they're so well set up. Mm. You almost feel if we had a manager who could a do manager, that. That with, with nice. our players, with, with the level of our players, we'd absolutely, we, we, we should be able to get out of this division. But but for me, Lambert is relying on quality players in the likes of Dezel. Um, you've got players, Bishop, you've got players to come back, such as Vincent Young, Downs, and they're going to bail them out of probably poor performances, just quality. And then he's going to use his tad line of "we played amazing football again." But uh, I, I, I think that we could just do so much better. And um, I, I don't know if it's going to get. Well, I'm, I'm being depressing now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, John, cheer us up a little bit. Or have you got some other depressing stuff to talk about? I've got one fact that might help lift the spirit. Tomorrow's <laughs> Friday the 13th in 2020. And, you know, oh. a great year. <laughs> Friday the 13th goes <laughs> well. Um, in, I would just like to say, in the summer, I got really frustrated with Lambert. Um, I backed him when we went down from the championship. And I felt a bit guilty for doing so. In retrospect, I got carried away with trying to get behind the boys and trying to, you know, and I bought into what he was trying to do. I got frustrated a lot last season um, with the way we fell apart, um, as everybody rightly did. And then in the summer, he started digging out people like Wolfenden and was his man management of downs, if you remember that period. He, he need, so he went hard on them. And now if, if he's only saying we're brilliant to support the players and to protect them, then he's changed his handbook during this season again, hasn't he? You know, last year it was all about rotation and it's crazy how many games we've got and everybody it's getting better, everybody fit for the run-in. This year it's balanced team. But I just don't believe him anymore. I feel frustrated that... I'm not an idiot. I might not be the brightest tool in the box because I can't even get the expression right. Sharpest tool in the box. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I'm not an idiot. And I've said this to you before, Ross, after games, don't come out and say that we were brilliant for the entire game when we weren't. Say, I was really pleased, like David rightly said, really pleased for the 20 minutes when we really went for the... And we took um, possession of the ball and did something meaningful with it. In every game of football, there's going to be ups and downs. You're never going to be totally dominating the entire game. But, you know, be honest. Don't try to kid us. Because it, it just makes everything else you say a load of crap. Because I, I just don't trust him at all now. Because he, he treats us like idiots and we're not. 
I want to, before I go over to you, David, I just want to speak to good old Harvey because I haven't heard from him since the <laughs> beginning. I want to get his take on what's going on and what everyone said. Are you echoing a lot of things or are you sort of still on the fence about things? No, I 100% agree regarding the um, unbelievable, apparently, football we're playing because we're just not. Um, I mean, I, I want to kind of lighten the mood, really. The point I want to make is I want to give an honourable mention for Janoi Danassian. Because I don't think I can recall, I may be wrong here, but I don't think I can recall the one game a month he has. I don't think I can recall him actually having a bad game. And I feel that he deserves a little bit more respect from Lambert because Chambers has done really, really well in that, in that right-back role. Don't get me wrong, he's, he's really impressed and he's rolling back the years. But I don't understand why Donati has not been given an opportunity there and I'm not too sure what else he has to do to do that. I've gone completely off topic here, but it's just come to my mind randomly. Um, or even at left-back cover. I know that, I think Tom has mentioned it before, that he could he could definitely do a job at left-back. Definitely not left-wing-back that he played against <laughs> Hurst. It was a recipe for disaster. But I just wanted to make the point that every time I've seen Donassian, he's don't get me wrong, he's not, he's not got the attacking flair of, of Vincent Young. The issue is he's always going to be compared to Vincent Young being in the same position. But I feel like he always gives us at least a 6 out of 10 every time he plays. And I just feel that, although he might not be starting every game, he should be at least making some more matchday squads in place of Kenlock. Because every time I've seen him, I thought, OK, you're not, you're not going to be you know, the, the attacking-minded full-back. Although he did get forward a few times against Portsmouth, he's not going to be that kind of full-back for us. But I feel that he deserves a little bit more respect from, from Lambert because... As I said, he's he's impressed me really every time I've seen him, and the the flexibility he offers within that back four um, is is really really useful. But sorry, backtracking there. Um, regarding the the Lambert bollocks, it's 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 an, you know it, like like it's been said. I don't know whether he thinks we're idiots or not, but anyone with a pair of eyes can see that we're not playing excellent football. It's passive. It's slow. It's sideways. We come into the game about half an hour in or second half and we play a little bit better. But to say we're playing unbelievable football and to say we're, you know, it's it's amazing and we're dominating possession of the ball, nothing annoys me more than possession-obsessed teams. If you can be possession-obsessed and be useful with it, like City or Liverpool or, some, you know, a really top team, then fair enough. But if you're in League One, obsessed with possession... I don't see how it's it's going to work. I really don't. And I've said this from the start on the on one of the very first pods we did this season. We can't be playing it out from the back and we haven't got the defenders to do it. The only defender we've got to do it, arguably now we've brought McGuinness in, he, he, can, he can play a little bit as well. It's Wolverton, who's not even been given an opportunity to play. So I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. I think Lambert is running out of excuses. And I think now we're out of both cups. Um, it's if if we lose a few games, and I feel like the next few games are vital for it. Um, it could turn toxic. That's that's my opinion. But yeah, free Danassian. <laughs> uh, Thomas, your your thoughts on what Harvey said? I saw a lot of nodding heads, David and you know John and Brad as well. Um, but what have you got to add, my friend? Uh, two things. I completely agree about Danassian. Um, I've never really had too much of a bad word to say about him. Um, I feel like he's always done a job when he's come in. Uh, I don't really understand why he's always pushed aside like he has been, whether it's because when Lambert was at Villa, they had something there and it's 
carried on maybe I don't know but I feel like he has been un- unfairly treated under Lambert and Hurst to an extent but this, I don't know what it is it's a shame um hopefully you know it, it changes at some point but I can't see it happening um it would have done by now if it was if if Lambert rated him by by any degree he'd have put him in longer than he has done by now so but yeah I completely agree with that and then also about Lambert saying about we're playing well and everything like that is it's a load of load of crap but I kind of thought whilst everyone was talking just now that um to be honest he's hiding behind the fact that we're not there because he knows that we can't respond so he's just giving us a load of crap because he knows he can say it and no one's going to judge him and no one's going to give him shit at the games and stuff because we can't <laughs> he's not going to see us at the moment because we can't get nowhere near him because of the it's a coronavirus so the fact of the matter is he can say what he want because the the um sort of the bad vibes yeah with the bad vibes that we had when it started going wrong last season we showed it but this season you can't at all because we're not there and I think he's he's using that to get around and you know he's using it because he knows it's not going to get a backlash at the moment it's going to get a backlash online but he's not going to like the players that aren't really going to see it too much um so that's that's my thoughts on it cool and John, my friend, anything else to add? Just two quick points. One, um, talking about um, Janoy uh, a, a little bit further. An example of Paul Lambert's strange rhetoric. When he first came in to the club, he said that, dear, oh dear, he's not a fullback. Dear, oh dear, he's not a fullback. He's a centre-half. It's nay normal that he's being played out. He's always a centre-half, always a centre-half. And unfortunately, he's further behind the pecking order than the centre-halves. He's playing him at right back. You know, he's suddenly not a centre half anymore. When we didn't have any centre halves in the summer, he was just suddenly right back, and he's back in being a right back. Now, you can be versatile, but I have not heard Lambert come out and say, "Oh, I got that wrong. I, I gave you some bullshit about telling him it was a different um, position he was best at." So again, that's just a little bit of strangeness about Lambert's head. I don't quite understand some of the things he comes out with, and. Um, the other, only other thing I, from the Portsmouth game, I think that's what we were talking about originally, uh, was um, Ellis Harrison. Mm. Like, I'm not being daft. You look at Ellis Harrison and you think, he had some injuries. He didn't have a fair sh- shot really at Ipswich, if we're being honest. He was, I believe when we got rid of him, we basically got the money we still owed for him. So it was, an, uh, you know, didn't cost us any more kind of thing. But you look at the players we've got in our squad and you think, could Harrison enhance our squad? Absolutely he could. And again, you look at that and think, so we've got Hawkins, who I've, I've praised for his teamwork and his kind of contribution and efforts. And we, they've got Harrison. I think they've probably got the better end of the deal, if I'm being honest. So that's the two points I wanted to make. Cool. And David, my friend, what else you got to add? <laughs> um, well, Harvey took part of what I was saying. Uh, going to say that I, I'm I'm questioning his obvious. I'm my manager, um, but Lambert's man manager. You got the Donatian thing, which obviously in some way goes goes back to Villa, doesn't it? He doesn't fancy him for some reason. I think Donassian cost us one goal last season, but I mean, if that was going to be the case, you're going to sort of ostracise people for cost of one goal. There'd be an awful lot of players never playing for the club. 
Ganassian doesn't let us down. And he has the advantage, a huge advantage over Kane Vincent Young in the fact that he plays, he's fit. You know, Kane Vincent Young can sit on a pedestal and everybody can say it's going to be amazing when he's back, but he's played nine games for us. You know, when's he back? I mean, he might be running or might not be running. Um, you know, if, relying on somebody who's played nine games to transform your season in some way, I think is daft. But the Donassian thing goes deeper. I don't think we're going to see very much of Dobra this season at all, because I don't think that Lambert is going to forgive him for turning down the loan deal. Lambert said, when he turned down that loan deal, Lambert said, yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. Now, that could be a, hmm, well, that could be a little bit arrogant, but equally, if Lambert, as has been rumoured, has a bit of a sort of an issue sometimes being crossed, you know, then Dobra has been given this opportunity. He says, no, I'm, you know, I'm an arrogant young man. I'm going to fight for my place here because I'm good enough. And Lambert goes, hmm, OK, good on you. Um, off you go. There's the under 23s. Go to Albania. Um, fight for your place there. Otherwise, you know, Dobra wasn't in, in, in Albania for the Portsmouth game, was he? Because um, he, he, he flew out. I, I saw he was flying out on, on the Tuesday. So, but he's not even on the bench. And I wonder whether there's an air of that with that. And the same goes with Toto and Wilson. So we play Toto and Wilson at the start of the season. And, and I'll give them credit. They, they played decently. Toto gave away mistakes, but he then blocked to cover his earlier mistake Toto then gets dropped because he makes two big errors in two big games fair enough Wilson keeps the, oh Wilson's gone who comes back in straight away it's Toto Toto's the one making mistakes what's Wilson done his range of passing's been better since he's been at the club he's never let us down he's not an amazing defender He's not an amazing player, but he's solid. He does those simple things. He puts the ball into touch. He's not going to put you in danger, and he hasn't done this season. Toto has, and yet Wilson's out. Then you get come back, and who, who's the one who's playing each time? And I think it's really, really bizarre the way in which certain players are just ostracised for doing nothing particularly wrong, like Danassian, like Wilson now, and yet other players, Toto, and my favourite friend, and, and Harvey's best mate, Judge, can do absolutely sod all for <laughs> decades, and it seems, in the side. And you're nailed on starter wherever. Central midfield, wing, goalkeeper, doesn't matter. As long as you've got a judge in the side, we're all sorted. It, it, the, the list of things I've got that are wrong with Lambert's management is just astronomical. I can cross that one off now. Thanks, Harvey. <laughs> well, there's our introductions done, Ross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I saw Brad had his hand, hand up, so um, if you want to round up that Portsmouth, oh, Portsmouth chat, apparently. Though, but not only was Toto back in, he was captain. He was, he was captain, wasn't he? It's unbelievable. He's, he's completely just bombed out, sent out on loan to Bolton last year, um, the end of his Ipswich Town career. You had Freddie Sears, you had John Nolan, you had pretty sure of his other, yeah, not off the top of head, but other players in that side who were captain the side before. But Toto gets the armband. I just don't know what's going on. That's, that's just crazy. Um, on Danassian, I completely agree with Thomas. He deserves Ken Lott's place in the 18. Um, he can cover a lot of positions. I just don't think he can cover left-back particularly well. But I think what says a lot is that 
well, for me, Chambers is still a better right back than him. And even when Dacian plays well, a 35-year-old Chambers is still a better right back. And I'd even go back to saying, what if Lambert made this crazy decision to put Luke Chambers to right back at the middle of last season when we were top against Lincoln at home? And for us, right, we'll play four at the back now. Chambers will be back to right back. You'll have Wilson and Wolfenden. And uh, Garbert has made not be back four. And on the running, we were a shambles at the back. And I, I kind of think, God, that was the problem last year is because he was, he wanted, well, he, he doesn't like Donassian. So he's trying to shoehorn him in a, in a right back or right wing back. Then he's playing Edwards at right back or right wing back. That right back situation was horrible. Um, and now he's, now he's settled on change, Chambers. And to be honest, I agree with Lambert. Chambers is still a better right back than than Donassian. And um, if we're if we're talking about players still, what's the point of Freddie Sears? What is the actual point of Freddie Sears? <laughs> I mean, yeah. before people jump down my throats, anyone could have played that ball over the top to James Norwood that went in behind goal. That wasn't that hard a ball. I don't know why he fall backs back off Freddie Sears. I've never seen him beat a man on the wing. He's basically like a judge, David. He's a he doesn't. He does, it, yeah, it's a strider, simple as. Well, yeah, that is his role, but he's never beaten a man on the wing. He should never play on the wing. Um, he's an ineffective lead one winger, so he's not going to take take us where we want to be. And I know that Edwards has been playing there, but his performance against Blackpool, oh, God, we go back to that now, where Edwards <laughs> was just... <laughs> the performance Beautiful. against Blackpool, you'd, you'd have thought he'd never, ever play anywhere else on that pitch, Ripswich, ever again other than left wing, because his performance was that good that day. And then next week, Sears is back there. So, um, yeah, that's my little free Sears rant over. It said get, get that one in there. Can I just say, for, can I just say then for uh, the, the comedy value of only an idiot would play um, Edwards anywhere else than left wing, because we all know, I say it every bloody time, we all know it's his best position. It's where he looks the most dangerous. It's probably he's he's been our probably the most brightest consistent player this season, you know. And I know that's something we might talk about our best players so far. He's looked like he can make a difference in the game because he's got a bit of confidence and a quality to go with it. And six out of eight games, I would say, he's played out of position, and that's a real shame because only an idiot would do that. Yep. And he's up for player of the month, isn't he? For his one performance against Blackpool, which was just that good, is going to get the player of the month for it. <laughs> oh, that's, that second goal, though. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, just beautiful. But anyway, um, now we're going to briefly chat about the EFL trophy. We're out of that as well. So we're out of the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, and now the EFL trophy, and we're in November. So uh, it's all about the league. All the eggs are in the league basket. Um, I don't think any of us really watch the EFL trophy game because it's one of those games that is just it's great to see the young kids play you know seeing these young players come through like myself I've been covering the academy for years now so when I see these young players get into the first team it's like great to see um but yeah it's a competition that I feel we could possibly there's a chance for us to go to Wembley but uh not this year um so David over to you then I saw your hand up (laughs) um it's about the youth abuse Use of youth. Yeah. Because, to, I mean, I have a problem with the way McCarthy did it, where he wouldn't touch anybody under the age of 40 um, <laughs> unless it was a pointless game in the last two games of the season. And then he might or might not use them for two two dead games. I've got a problem now because 
to my mind, you play in the first team when you're good enough to play in the first team. And you look at the Downs, you look at the Dizelle, you look at Wolfenden, and, and I would argue that with McGavin as well. If you're playing a whole host of players in the, what is it called, the um, Chesgrave Pizzas trophy or whatever it is, <laughs> then they're not getting a, that's not a proper first team debut. It's devaluing it. Mm-hmm. Someone like Wickham, someone like um, Jason Dizelle got their place in the first team and they're the youngest players. Those players who played on Tuesday night, they're not the second youngest player in things because you've basically put out an under-23s and under-18s team. It's devaluing it completely. So quite apart from the fact that I don't agree with throwing a trophy in the first place and throwing a game by sticking out a bunch of 11-year-olds, I don't agree with it. Also, it's devaluing the whole thing, and they aren't getting that proper experience. If they'd got other players... You know, first-team players alongside them, and you've got a mix for that game, which I could see, and I wouldn't grumble about as much. But you're looking at the players then who are knocking on the first-team door, the ones who are seriously in contention, the Indabas, the Dobras. I know he's on loan, but the Elmazuni, that sort of thing. You're putting in those players. Simpson, who's obviously just underneath those other strikers because he has been in the first-team squad as well. You're putting those players in. We played players last season in that cup who then we haven't seen again. You know, you get somebody who plays really well in one EFL Cup game and then suddenly they're not. You've got another person making his debut and it's just this random scattergun approach to hurling as many youth players in, which isn't a proper game because then you're... I mean, we criticise and he Lambert criticises the under-23s. He says it's not proper football. It's not men's football. We need to send them out on loan to... Chelmsford or Stowmarket or wherever it is and give you proper men's football and then you have an opportunity to play them alongside experienced people to give them that and then you haven't done that. Last season at Colchester, Hughes played. The last decent game I've seen Hughes play but he played in that game and he was cajoling, he was encouraging, he was pushing the youngsters the whole way through. If they had a smattering of experienced players alongside them it would lift them. They'd learn. And that really annoys me that you are just throwing those players in. You're giving them a taste of what? Under 23s football effectively in a competition nobody cares about. You're not going to see them in the league. You're not going to see the same ones in the next time there's an EFL trophy game. Absolute waste. And it's not fair on them. And it's not a sign of developing proper talent either. I think that's a another good thing that's a muppet on. Yeah. There's actually a good shout what you said about it is devaluing a first team debut because mm. like Wickham, you know, he is the you know the youngest ever person made his debut. He did it in a league game, a proper league game. You are just disvaluing like league debuts. Like it's great to yeah. see, you know, I mean, this J- Jason Dizel scored against Coventry on his debut. In the that's top a prop- right. that yeah. He, yeah. he was at sixteen. That's a proper league debut from a talented youngster. If you took one of those and put them into the game against Sunderland off the bench or something like that in a proper game that matters, they've got to prove that at 18, 16, 17, and I know Lambert thinks a 23-year-old is young, but they're not in football terms. But if you're 16, 17, 18, and you're making your debut in a league game where it matters, you've got to prove that you're up to that. And that's where you're going to find out whether they've got the balls to be able to survive as a professional footballer. Not in giving them... Game in the air for trophy once every two years. It's nonsense. 
And I saw you, um, John, your hand up. Do you want to round up the EFL trophy exit? I agree with a lot of what David's just said. And I was going to talk about Amir Hughes. Um, I would have thought it would have been a game for Amir Hughes and for the Nassim, who we've spoken about already, and maybe for Ken Locke. You know, you, you put... Because Cornell was in there, wasn't he? Um, you, you have five fringe players or backup players, and then maybe um, give some youngsters an opportunity. But where is Amir Hughes this year in the sense of really impacting um, positively in the team? You know, when when Downs has been um, is not in the in, in the squad because of his injury, we've been playing Judge or. Lancaster in the cent- in the centre. I would have thought that should have been Amir Hughes stepping forward. And now he's not even getting to start those kind of games. We- that would have been a game to say, go on Amir, bring the younger players on around you. I mean, I'm sure McGavin um, and those players would benefit from having somebody of his um, alleged quality alongside them. But Danassian and Kenlock... I don't rate Ken Locke, I'm like the rest of you, I don't think, but if, I, I don't see why those players who have now got the next 10 days off or whatever it is, without a game, didn't play. And that's my biggest frustration. David, anything I should want to add? Well, what John's saying there, we've also got a number of players who are coming back. So you've got Norwood coming back who needs minutes. You've got Jackson who's coming back needs minutes. You've got Hughes who's been in shocking form for the last 12 months. You've got Sears who, one, isn't a winger, but also isn't showing any sign of form and things. Isn't that an opportunity to play them into that in form terms, but also minutes? So Jackson's played, what, one game recently? He, he randomly, did he start one, or did he come off the Sunderland. bench? Started yeah, at started at Sunderland. Norwood then came off the bench. We've got 10 days off now. And what's going to happen at the end of that? Then Lambert's going to be going, oh, yeah, well, th- we need to sort of nurse them back in slowly because they haven't had the minutes. Well, is that is the EFL trophy not a perfect opportunity to give both of them minutes before a 10-day break to build their match fitness up? Because, there's, I mean, you've given Simpson a big long run who's not going to be involved at all. You've got Brown who, you know, okay, yeah, he was bright, he was interesting, he was whatever, but he's not going to get a chance, is he? So in 10 days' time, we're going to be saying, yeah, well, Norwood's had um, sort of 45 minutes, an hour in the Peterborough game, and that was two weeks ago. Jackson didn't play, hasn't played since Sunderland. They're not fully fit yet and so forth. Well, that's your sodding fault for not getting them fit. There we go, um, Thomas. Uh, about the devaluing of Davies, um, it shows how far we've fallen. Like you talk about Zell and Wickham getting their starts in Championship, they didn't have a pointless trophy to get their debut with. Yeah. So it kind of it shows how far. And also, like they had to be, they had they had to prove themselves in the reserve games and that to be able to start. You know, get into the first team, which is the best way to do it. Whereas this this EFL trophy games, they're not they don't really mean much in the long run of things. It's just a Timpot trophy, isn't it? It's, it's just the, just a way. Oh, <laughs> it's just a way for them to sort of kind of show themselves as the manager. I guess it's the way that Lambert sees it. it I, I understand it is developing the debuts, but it is still like they didn't have that chance two or three years ago because we weren't in this trophy. Put, yeah, you had the FA Cup and the League Cup. But that's a bit different. It's not. It's not a. To me, it's not a trophy that's worth worrying about. So, 
why not throw them in there now like not all of them but one or two of them in there if, if it gives them their debut then fair enough it's it's where we are now and it gives them a chance to play and show to us what what, they, what they've got David I, I in, in part I agree but we are I mean you've said over several things that, that we are where we are this is this is where we are and where we are the the EFL trophy is a perfectly valid and good competition. It's been devalued by letting in Premier League under twenty three teams. Yeah, that's that, that that that's an abomination. But that's a, that's a different argument, which even I'm not going to go down tonight. But the <laughs> all of us cheering. Yeah, we being in League One. That's a competition there. The, the reason why the EFL Trophy is there is to give lower league teams an opportunity for a trophy win because they're not going to win the League Cup. They're not going to win the FA Cup. They're not in the FA Trophy. They're not in the FA Vars. So it gives those lowered league teams a day out at Wembley. That's what it's there for. And it's a perfectly valid thing for that, minus Arsenal reserves. That's where we're playing. And we have to accept that's where we're playing. That gives us an opportunity for a cup run and a win. Rather than having this sort of like sneery attitude, oh, well, that's a nonsense trophy. It's only played, but, you know, actually treat it properly. This is the league we're in. You can't say, well, I'm not going to throw the champion, throw the league cup and I'm going to throw the FA Cup because I want to win the, win the Champions League. Well, you're not in it. You're in championship. You're in League One, you're wherever. This is a competition we can win and we should aim to win because they're professional footballers and that's what should be doing. And then a debut in the EFL trophy, even if it's by somebody who's 16 or 17, it's worthwhile because you're saying, I value this. I value your debut in this. You prove here you've got a route into the first team in the league. You know, that's the thing is the players who play in this ought to be able to say, I do well here. I can knock on the door for the first team. Do you think that if we'd have played really well against Crawley and one or two of those players on Tuesday night had played brilliantly, Lambert would even vaguely consider them for the first team squad? He wouldn't. So what is the point in giving them a debut? The only reason you give somebody a debut is if they're good enough to play on the first team. If they're not good enough for the first team, don't give them a debut. You can say tell you that about Alkan Bagat. You know, he had, yeah. had, had really played really well against Gillingham and then... He was never going to be in the 18 the following week or, the, you know, the following yeah. Saturday. So it's sort of like, eh, you know, you sort of give it... Like, that's that um, Tawondo Chuewa. I yeah. probably butchered that. Like, last year, he became the second youngest player. Now that's Jack Manley's now the second youngest player. But, like, no, we've never heard of these players before. Like, I didn't even know or that Tawondo Chuewa. He wasn't even a, a scholar. He didn't actually have... It was just a schoolboy. So for him just getting chucked in... It was just uh, anyway. You, 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 if you, if you're making your debut or playing your second game or your third game in in a cup competition, and you play well, you should be aiming. You should be believing that that means you've got an opportunity of making the squad. Not necessarily the bench, not necessarily starting, but it gives you that pathway. Mm. And that's not there because this is being treated like an under twenty threes game, which it's not, and it frustrates the living daylights out of me. And of course, uh, before I go to you, Brad, um, of course, like getting numbers 55, like squad numbers, they're, they're not good, proper squad numbers. Anyway, Brad, um, <laughs> to round up the EFL trophy exit. and you I've, never echo... seen a, I've never seen a lineup more engineered to lose a game. Um, actually, I have. That was when Mick McCarthy was at Wolves and he got fined for it for making 11 changes in a League Cup game and they lost the game. He got fined for that. That team that he put out in that competition... 
that's worthy of being fined for because, like you say, we've never seen those players. And put yourself in those players' shoes, like you said, David. Um, you're training each day. You see the first team over there on the other pitch. You think, oh, that's where I want to be one day. That's really what, that's where I want to be. You then get your call up to see if this, this, this stupid game on Tuesday. Well, it was a stupid game because of what they did, what Lambert did. Um, and then you go away from it and think, I've made my first team debut. You're saying that to a mate and he's saying, well, who'd you play? Crawley Reserves in the Papa John's Trophy. And they're like, well, it wasn't a proper debut, was it, mate? And, uh, yeah, I suppose it weren't. That's, that's sort of how they'd feel about it, isn't it? That's almost as though Lambert wanted to chuck this competition because he doesn't want to get on the bus to any more places down the line because he's got so many games. Because Lambert has to go, go to all of them, doesn't he? He can't just say, all right, Matt, all right, Stuart, you go and I'll stay at home. It's almost as though Lambert can't be bothered. Because it is the perfect trophy to get players match fit and get players who haven't been playing, playing. Because we don't want to see rotation again, so we don't want to see them playing in the league games, um, only if they're playing well. But it's like, like you've said, that is the perfect opportunity to get Jackson minutes, to get players that need minutes, minutes. And then they'll make the same excuse, come the league games, they're not a stretch. Um, it's an absolute shambles. Um, and yeah, going back to the first thing that was, ever, was actually said on this, just devalues the players' debuts for themselves. And um, yeah, just completely agree with all of you. Okay, well, that was a lot of chat on all of that. So we're going to end the podcast this week. Um, normally it is a preview. That is normally the set piece of this podcast, but we've got no game this Saturday. So we're going to take a look at the season review, or the season so far. 11 games played, um, sitting second, um, seven wins, one draw, three defeats. Uh, I want the bad, no, the good, the bad and the ugly from all of you guys. Your player um, of the season so far, of course, Gwion Edwards, my boy, he's up there for me. Um, so who would like to go first on their little quick review? of the season so far, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Who would like to go first? David, why not? Take away first. I'll, I'll be succinct, um, which may surprise you. Mm-hmm. Um, Player play of the season so far, um, it's between one of two people, isn't it? It's Edwards or Dazelle. Um, I think that overall, although Dazelle has really impressed me, I was critical of him last season at times, he's really impressed me. And I think that he's growing and learning how to circumvent other teams trying to mark him out of the game because they've seen he's influential and they've they've put put people on him and stuff and he's learning that but it has to be Edwards you know um so far he's been the most influential player despite the fact that the idiot isn't playing him in the right position um just imagine if you had a proper striker and Sears wasn't pretending to be a winger and Edwards was on the left just imagine what you could do then um, so I'd say Edward so far, in terms of my review so far, I, and I know we're second. Um, it has been pointed out to me on Twitter by, I'll be polite, people. Um, but it's not convincing. It's five defeats from seven. One of those wins was Crew. The other one was a Gillingham. So it's two 1-0 wins out of those. Um, no, five defeats from seven. The other two were um, Gillingham 1-0, Crew 1-0. Not exactly commanding i think we're heading in the same direction as we did last season um but without having the commanding lead at the top of the table to um, piss up the wall first um i think that it's it's going horribly wrong 
I don't think Lambert's the right man. I think it's adequate at best. I think the, the best we can look for under Lambert is sixth, and I'm thoroughly pissed off and I want him out. So my review of the season so far is... Is that succinct, John? Well done, yeah. David. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, well, John, continue then, my friend. If I was to go through our, our, our team, Ross, and think who, on average deserves their place without question on their performances this far, sorry, so far this season. And who would be my guaranteed nail on starters in this current formation? The surprising one is Chambers. He has to be up there for me because I knocked him a little bit. I've always liked Chambers because he plays with commitment and passion. He's not the best player. He reminds me of myself um, in the sense of, not as good as he wants to be, um, uh, but he's got heart and passion. Um, but he's done really well as a right back in League One for his age, really well. I think Ward has to come into guaranteed to be my, well, he's more than average in the sense of overall impact in the season. So our two fullbacks um, have done well. Bishop's in that mix as well, just purely because he's being fit unable to contribute. I don't think he's as consistent as we want him yet. And then obviously you've got um, Dizel, who I think is my surprise package because uh, he, he's taken the opportunity. Well, he's been given the opportunity, which we weren't sure he was ever going to get. And he's taken it. And he's probably the first name on the team sheet or certainly in the top two. And then there's no doubt for me that Edwards, your boy, Guion has been the uh, the top performer so far so there's the five who I think stand out and then you go oh he's been okay I would have said Wilson and Toto have started better than I thought but they're not in the team Wolfenden has been in and out COVID goal uh, Sears has not really done it we haven't read it Dryden, oh he was only in for a while Jackson oh he's not really, oh. there's a lot of average there isn't there there's a lot of people either haven't had the opportunity because of injury or uh attitude issues or whatever you want to say. Um, but I can only think of those five who are definitely above average. So that means our season's just above average as a summary then, isn't it? If if I, I if I can't name five more than five players who really, really had a positive regular impact, you know, yeah, Hawkins has done okay. Holy's done okay. Biggest disappointments for me so far? In terms of because it's hard. There's some people who disappoint me because they're not there. Like Kane, Vincent Young's injury is the most frustrating thing, I think. Because we all think, I know he's only played nine games, but if he is fit at any point in his life in the future, he might offer us something really brilliant. Then you start looking at, right, if no, if Norwood, if Jackson, if, but it's all ifs, isn't it? Judge, Sears, Hughes, three senior pros, not doing it for me. And Hughes is top of that list, actually. I bet he's one of the biggest wage earners. And our packed midfield. Now, if Downs was fit and mentally, but he's only an if at the moment, isn't he? Because he hasn't started enough games and played enough. But Hughes, he had the opportunity in League One. This is a player who was a top player in the championship when we when we first signed him. Where is he? What's he doing? So, 
There's my five who I would say, yeah. But shame two of them are 35. Yeah. And I'm going to go over to you, Harvey. Um, John's saying the season so far has been average. We're second in the league, though, my friend. Oh, what? You know, your feelings on it all. And, yeah, your player of the uh, season so far. Yeah, we're, we're second in the league because the league is, is pretty abysmal, let's be honest. I think that's the only reason why we're second in the league. Um, just to pick up on John's point about Amy Hughes, I completely agree. It's a real shame because I actually really, really like Amy Hughes as a player. He's Welsh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, out there. Um, but I think, completely agree, I think it was David that said, over the last 12 months, his form has been shocking. That Portsmouth game, don't get me wrong, it's harsh to, to pick out one poor player because that first half was just something else. But Emmy Hughes was just... I found myself shouting at the TV at times because every single time he picked up the ball, he was either giving it away or he was passing it back. It was almost like he was afraid. Yeah, it was, it was like watching a carbon copy of Douglas, which... It's such a shame because we all know and we've all seen what Emmy Hughes is capable of at high level. Um, in terms of the season itself, uh, the good, I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. For me, one of the main positives about this season for me is seeing Jack Lancaster back in the team. I think he is such a bright talent. I think he's adapted to a number 10 role as well that I don't think many people would have envisaged at the start of the season. I think he's played that role really well. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to be a really, really important player going forward. Um, the bad, it's already been discussed already, the passive play, the slow play, the formation that I think is its just so, so easy to play against. I mean, the formation I would tweak slightly anyway, but that's a conversation for a different day. Um, I just think we're so, so easy to, to play against. We're getting overrun every single time. Um Dizelle's been very, very good so far. We've been crying out for two, years, two, three years at least for Dizelle to, to take a game by the scruff of the neck, which he has done this season. But we also can't rely on a 20, 21-year-old to kind of dictate every single game. So I think the season itself has been average. I, I agree. Judge should be nowhere near the side. That's not just because he's blocked me on Twitter. I think that in general. Um <laughs> I think there's certain players there that I just I find it bizarre that they're still even in the squad to be honest with you, I, I really, really do so there's there's a lot of improvement I think top six would be a huge achievement um, man management is another aspect that really, really worries me um, I mean I could, I could go on all night really with, with, different, with different things but in the main I think average is, is the best way to describe it and I know on paper, we've got nothing to complain about because we're second sitting second in the table. I think people are only three points ahead of us, aren't they? So on paper, from an outside perspective, you'd be thinking, what what are we complaining about? But you know, watching the games week in, week out, like a lot of us do, we know that there's so, so much that needs to be improved on. Um we've played otherwise... a lot of lower league, lower place sides as well so far. Hundred percent, exactly. And if we did go up, which I'm definitely not ruling out because, as I said, the league is so poor. If we did go up, playing the way we are and, you know, the same kind of passive play, we would get absolutely 
well, we, we, we would not survive in the championship. Absolutely no doubt about it. You get found out, we get found out week after week. So something needs to change. What it is, I don't know. I've got a hundred reasons, but um, yes, it's it's not not quite been good enough for me. And then Thomas, you're good, the bad and the ugly. Um, you know, we start the season off very well, like we did last year, and then we uh, lost the same day as we did last season. Um, so yeah, your thoughts so far? Yeah, I'd agree with um, Dazelle and Edwards. Edwards has been our best player. He's my player of the season so far but there's a book there um, and John alluded to it earlier he needs to play on the left it's, it's where he's most threatening it's, I I don't understand why he keeps moving him to the right he he looks lost sometimes on the right you know it, he, he he can play well there but sometimes he kind of loses his way a bit and kind of makes these sort of dead runs that are sort of going nowhere but on the left he's more clinical he's more threatening and I don't I just don't understand why he doesn't start them often. I don't understand Lambert's thinking there, whether it's because of Judge and Judge is better on the well, say better, but he likes to play Judge on the right. I don't. And all, um, sorry, that's, that doesn't make sense, does it? Because I ignore that bit about Judge. <laughs> but um, Freddie, he's on the left. Sorry, so he likes to play Freddie, doesn't he? So um, obviously Edwards has to move to the right, um, which doesn't make sense, especially as for me, Freddie's not a winger at all. I don't understand why. He's even put on the wing. I don't understand why Mick did it. I don't understand why Lambert's doing it. He's a he's a he's a striker. He needs to be in the middle. He should not be on the wing. Um, or where he's playing on the left at the moment, it's it's not his position at all. I think he'd he'd thrive more in the middle. Um, much more than where he is at the moment, where he's been played. So that's again, this I never have understood why managers have moved him out there. Um, it just he just doesn't it doesn't work there for him. He he, he gives you his grip, but it's not. Not good enough for that position in my eyes. So, um, yeah, Edward's, that's, Edward. That's, that's the only reason he plays there. Sorry, I'm just saying, I think that completely agree. I think that's the only reason yeah. he's played on that left is to offer, um, is to offer, you know, the left back some cover. I think that's the only reason. Yeah, and that's kind of why Tab played there as well, because it's just, yeah. <laughs> Tab did well there, but that's why he was there, because he, he could offer the backup and to the left back, and that's he was he he was good at doing it. And Freddie is too, but he he's just he's not threatening like Edwards can be on the left. Um, yeah. So, but that's, you know, for me, he shouldn't be playing there. In my eyes, it should be you know Lancaster on the right or yeah Lancaster on the right, and then Edwards on the left. And then you've got the yeah, Norwood or Hawkins or whoever in the middle. But obviously, the good we start the season off well. You know, we beat Wigan, um, had a decent start. And then obviously the good for me, when I said when you say the good, is, is the Blackpool game. The way we played, we looked clinical, um, sort of went up there, four got four one, just finished them off before after that game, thought, oh we could, you know, if, if we carry on like this, we could be alright this season. Um and then obviously Doncaster came, the bad started, um and we lost we lost four one there and after going one and up, it's kinda um you know, you've Sport kind of fell asleep, and all of a sudden we're on the back foot again. With Toto made one or two mistakes, um, arguably he's you know, he's rightfully dropped after that. Um, whether it's because he's come back and he's so I've heard been sort of Talon Lambert stuff and stuff like that, just to you know to get in favour. How true that is, I don't know, but 
you know, Toto, that's the reason I believe Toto is where he is at the moment because he's because of the role he's got behind the behind the, behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, and then obviously the ugly started. We played played Sunderland, um, and all of a sudden our play has just gotten so slow. We're passing about the back. But like I said earlier, it's boring. It's, it's just not good enough to get us up. It's possession for the sake of possession. It's it's not threatening at all um, until we finally wake up. But by the time we wake up, we're already one or two nil down. It happened against Sunderland. Um, it happened against Portsmouth, and we have to fight back into games. And um, it's just not good enough for me. Um, uh, what was I going to say? For me, um, yeah, we could have potentially gone on one at, one at Sunderland, but yeah, the officials arguably ruined that, but I didn't really feel like we were going to get too much from that game. I felt like before the red card, it would have been a draw possibly, or Sunderland could have gone on one at, you know, we could have done, but it, it was, for me, it was heading to a draw. I didn't really see us losing. I didn't really see us winning it. So the officials did cost us there. But again, it's like I said a minute ago, it's, it's the slow start and the possession that we're, Playing in the first half, just we're back on we're on the back foot, and if if we'd have, if we'd have gone to Sunderland, and I remember John saying two or three weeks ago when we went to Sunderland, if you go to Sunderland, they've got no crowd there, just start against them and just give it to them. They've got no one behind them, like it's a massive stadium. They they were relish off the crowd. There's no crowd there, and it just took us forty minutes to get started up against a team that had no crowd behind them. It's just it's not good enough. Um, and the cup against Portsmouth throughout the AFL, it's, it's, like, like David said, it's, for me, it's a repeat of last season and we're going to just start falling down. Um, we haven't really played too many higher-up teams at the moment. We've had a good start in terms of who we've played because they haven't been the elite, let's say, of League One. But now now we've played Sunderland, we've played Doncaster, the teams that arguably are top six, top eight, top ten. And we're finding out that we're still not good enough. And unfortunately, just like last season, it's it's going to become a question again. Are we going to beat a team who who will finish in the top six, top eight? And at the moment, it doesn't look like we're going to, just because of the way we play and just how, and because of the man management and how rubbish we've got in terms of who's managing us. He just doesn't know how, he just doesn't, doesn't know what he's doing in my eyes. <laughs> just too inept. Yeah. And then um, Brad, finally, um, you're gonna cheer me up a little bit. Um, we, you know, we beat Blackpool. We scored four goals away from home. Edward scored that great goal. Um, but yeah, your review so far. I'll go from um, ugly to good. So hopefully, I can okay. finish on a high. Good. Um, I'll carry on from what Thomas was saying. Um, that is that is our ugly for me. Is that we have this top eight, top six hoodoo, and as as a town fan. Um, I almost feel like we could be playing, I don't know, somebody in the lower reaches of the lead and be like, yeah, we might win, but then just still feel a little bit flat afterwards because I'm I'm just looking for that Peterborough. I'm looking for that game where, I mean, I really, really want us to do to a Peterborough what we did to Blackpool. Then I'll get excited. But I feel at the moment, because we have this deficiency against top sides in the lead, and they're not, they're not even top sides, they're, they're better than average sides. Um but that's that's the ugly for me is that I can't get as excited about a win against Crew as well. Obviously, no one's to get as excited about a win against Crew as they would against Sunderland. But you should be going into Sunderland games thinking we can beat these, we can 
we can um, go above him in a lead um, and uh, win the lead as such. But but yes, it has to be ugly for me. Um, but bad is everything that everyone said about Lambert. Um, but the good is the fact that we are like last season, and it is shades of last season. We are where we are at the moment, um, second in the lead, not playing our best. Um, and it's it's got to get better. It's got to. But, but like others have said, that our second place, I think Stu and Andy referred to this, our second place right now is like the second place or the top in January, where there was a very small gap and a couple of defeats. We could go down to seventh or eighth or even lower than that. So um, even the good's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, 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 like, I like the way we're keeping the ball and, and what people have said and that. And, but I, I just want Ipswich Town to be better. And I think everyone does. I just want us, I just want them to blow our socks off. I want them to have a black performance every other week. I know it's not going to happen every week because that's probably impossible, but to expect that and have that as a standard rather than just a one-off game in a, in a season. Um, and coming on to player of the season so far has to be deserved for me. Um, he's played every minute of every league game that he's been available for. Um, I feel like the whole game goes through him. The ball doesn't go between the centre-halves as much when he's playing um, because he drops alongside him and picks it up and plays progressive passes. Hopefully McGavin will continue to do that in the next two games. Um, but yeah, Dizelle's from from where he's come from to where he is now, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge, huge um, difference in how he was last season. But that's because he's being trusted to play the position he's meant to play. Um, I saw him. In, I saw him in a ten role against Wimbledon at home last year in a four-three-three. That's not his role. It was never his role. Um, but now he is playing his role, and it's only a matter of time before a bid comes. A bid comes from a championship club for Andre because the way he can move the ball on the floor um, at Bristol City or something like that is going to love and want to take him. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm still I'm still hopeful this season because we do have quality enough players to get us out of poor man management and poor tactical decisions um, but yeah I just I just want us to be even better than that so yeah cool and I've got hands up here the final to hit you know the just, yeah David <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say there <laughs> what I'm trying to say just, just what, Brad, what Brad's saying there is absolutely right there were enough this is why we last year beat every, basically anybody who was in the bottom of the table even when we were rotating 17 formations every five minutes, then because one, they're not very good and we've got some quality in our side across it. And that's the same this time round. And that's why I think sixth is an outside possibility is because there's enough dross and we've got enough quality that even with Lambert's tactical ineptitude and his man management ineptitude and players who aren't performing at their best, there's enough there to nudge us possibly into sixth, but maybe eighth. Because that's just the nature of this league. There's a whole load of people who just can't compete because they're not big enough. And that's what is really frustrating to me, is that this, this particular squad, ignore transfers, ignore all of those things. And I'd much rather have Keane here than I would have Hawkins, because I think that Keane, bring, Keane brings an intelligence to things and the holder play. And I would love to see Keane back. And I know he's at Wigan, but and we've been there before, but if you look across it, 
It's a well-balanced side in terms of ages. You've got players who, I mean, you look, Chambers has been captain for ages. He's doing really well at right back. You've got two young central defenders in Wolfenden and McGuinness who are really highly rated and can move the ball around. And McGuinness has got that physicality and the ability to attack a ball. And I really like him. And it's a shame that he's not ours. Ward's got that experience. He's done it and all of those things. In midfield, nominally, Dizel obviously has got that potential. And I think his contract's up at the end of the season. So Bristol City could get him for nothing. Um, so you've got Dizel, who's got that quality. Beyond that, Nolan has done that at this level. And I'm, I don't think Nolan, I mean, he's had little pockets. He's scored the goals, but he's not done it. He's not nailed that. He's not held that and said, I'm having this. I'm keeping it. I'm going to impose myself on a game. He's done that at this level. He's 28. He should be. Equally, Hughes, who's an embarrassment to Welsh football currently. Sorry, Harvey. But you know, he's an international. You know, he, he's... he's well, he was. <laughs> well, no, he, but he was an international. He should be challenging that. He's not, he's not over 30. He's not in the twilight of his career. He should be saying, well, I've had all that time out injured. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I want to get back in the championship, back in the Welsh national team. There's no reason why he shouldn't. He's got the ability. Sears, I mean, Edwards is playing out of position, is doing well out of position. Edwards has um, alluded to it in interviews repeatedly. My best position's on the left wing. My best position's on the left wing. I've played my best football on the left wing. You know, he said that in the press. Now, if he's prepared, footballers don't tend to go and say things like that, do they? They normally say... I'm, I'm perfectly happy to play in, in goal if uh, that's where the gaffer puts me. If Edwards is prepared to go out and so give three or four interviews over a number of months saying, I really like playing left wing, that suggests he's actually quite pissed off playing right back. You know, we've got Norwood, you've got Jackson, you've got Hawkins, you've got all of these talented Judge, and I'm, I'm criticised, but Judge has done good football in a previous life. It's just not for us. And if you look at the quality we've got across the side and the pedigree they've got, including someone like Toto, who has been in the League One, a decent defender. You look all the way across and you've got players who nominally ought to be able to hold their own in the lower end of the championship. There's no reason why on paper they shouldn't be able to do that with the ability of the young players, McGavin, the Dizel, the um, uh, Wolfenden and so on and yet we're looking at may we're criticizing and we're may, saying it may be good enough to get sixth there's something seriously rotten when you're looking at the quality of those players and going we might limp into sixth and pretty much everybody here has agreed with that and, you, and barring so, some blind optimists on Twitter most people are having this exact same conversation and I mean on the Kings of Anglipod we've you, I've listened to basically this conversation but Stu and Andy are being distinctly more diplomatic than I am or any of you are, um, probably because they don't want to get banned from press conferences. But it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's not where we should be. And this is why I'm, I'm unlike me, I'm, I'm being pessimistic. I'm glass half empty. Normally I go into every game thinking, and Oscar will criticise me on the way to the ground because I'm saying, yeah, we're going to win this 3-0. There's no reason why we shouldn't. But the reason I'm being so negative is because I'm seeing the same thing over and over again. I'm seeing players underperforming. I'm seeing them out of position. Sears out of position. Edwards out of position. 
you know, Chambers is out of position, but he's doing well there. And I understand why he's out of position and doing well there. But you're seeing the wrong players in the wrong place. You can have Judge and Lancaster in the centre of midfield because Hughes isn't prepared to stand up and do something. You're seeing Toto make mistakes and then he's the one brought back instead of Wilson. The man management is bonkers. The players are underperforming. And that's my problem is the fact that it's not like Shrewsbury getting into the playoffs and overperforming and people going, wow, that's a good performance. It's not that you're sitting there with Sunderland and going, well, we've had all of these financial crises. We've been sold three times. We've changed managers. This is a manager in his third year. He's been given a chance. He's given a free pass to get us relegated. He had the same amount of time as McCarthy had to get us out. McCarthy did. Lambert didn't. He got free pass. He got a free pass basically last season, saved by the virus. This season, he's been saved by the same thing again. And it's annoying me that the players are underperforming and Lambert gets a free pass right, left and centre. I'm not going to go on anymore, but he just needs to go because he's a waste of space. And it's really annoying me. He's, he's damaging the club long term. And then, yeah. Well, Thomas, to end that, or oh, I don't know if anybody else has got any more. Hopefully I don't because we've been thinking for a long time. And I'm, of course, <laughs> our wives and our Sorry. people we care about probably wants to see us soon. But anyway, Thomas, I'll finish off, my friend. I mean, I've, I've been anti-Lambert for a while. I mean, you do game day, you'll probably see the changes for me. So obviously about a year year now probably when it started but um but it might if if I was Lambert you've got to be using these next 10 days or whatever effectively because you've got Shrewsbury which I think will win to be honest but then all of a sudden you've got Hull and you've got Charlton and if we can't beat those two and we, and that's that problem we still can't beat a top six eight side carries on until in December and if we can't beat them I Lambert should go. Should be gone, to be honest. But the trouble is, he won't be because that tosser in charge gave us gave him a five year, five year contract, and he won't get rid of the prac. He's got to pay him off. So, I'll end on that. <laughs> okay, well that is the end of game day time. It's just <laughs> I cuts. It cuts just there. Um, does anybody else want to add anything before we do say just, our just goodbyes? Just... Yeah. I, uh, I I didn't mention my best player because I got oh. distracted. Um, <laughs> yeah. It would be have to be Edward's honourable mentions for Zell and Bishop, who I think have been outstanding. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bishop. You know, no one mentioned Bishop. He scored like four goals or whatever. Yeah, John. I did. I did. I gave oh, Bishop oh, a mention. My bad. Uh, that I feels like ages ago now because <laughs> it feels like last <laughs> season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, well, Thomas, Harvey, Brad, David. And John, thank you for joining me once again for Game Day Extra Time. Thank you to everybody who has listened to today's. A lot was said. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. I, I've lost my train of thought. But uh, thank you all for listening once again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to get involved in future Game Day Extra Time, make sure to contact me at Ross Media UK on Twitter. Uh, of course, it's great to get as many voices as possible on this Game Day chat. Uh, we've got a free weekend this weekend, so you know, do what you fancy, you know, um, I've just checked the fixtures, uh, Sunderland are playing, whole city are playing. So I'd be good to see if they, um, could drop points this weekend. Definitely. We has, we're not playing. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But anyway, I've been producer Ross and we'll, uh, talk to you next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. More great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
小高。